Hello, everybody, and welcome to Keep M Flying. <laughs> Is that a middle initial? <laughs> I am Paul T. Spataro, and I am here with Mr. Andrew, middle initial Leyland. P. Andrew P. Leyland. That's the one. And Mr. William... T. Robinson. <laughs> T. Robinson. <laughs> F. 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 U. Two. William F. U. Robinson. Just F. <laughs> well, if that's what you want to do later, that's entirely down to you. <laughs> and we are joined today by special guest, Mr. Scott McGregor. Middle initial J and M, actually. What? Two middle S-J-M-M. names. S-J-M-M. Oh. Oh. Michael James Sh- Michael McGregor. Oh. <laughs> it's, Proper. So, it's so not Scottish sounding. <laughs> no, it's not, considering <laughs> I was adopted and actually German. It has nothing to do with me at all. Anyway, we are here for episode nine of Keep Em Flying, a Firefly podcast in which we're doing the daunting task of reviewing each and every episode of the wonderful TV series Firefly, followed by a review of the of the movie uh, Serenity. And our premise is that everybody in the world is a big fan of this show, except for me, who's never seen it. And I'm watching it episode by, by episode as we go along. Today, we're here to do Ariel, which is episode number nine. And I'm joined by this stellar cast. What's everybody got to say? I think it's... Yeah, I'm I'm very happy to be here. So thank you guys. I, I saw that you guys were doing this, and I'm like, ah, I've been you know, toying with doing a Firefly thing myself, and and I just did kind of a Whedon show with uh, Serotonin a little while ago. But uh, yeah, I saw you guys doing this, and I immediately revved up the begging engine and um, and and started kissing the right asses, I guess. And here I am. So. My ass has had no lips upon it, <laughs> so I guess I'm not the right one. Well, no, you I send the check to. It was No, other way around. I want the money. The one thing you know for sure, Andy and Bill, is if I get the check, you ain't seeing a dime of it. We'll get a message from the Caribbean. As soon as Demanza Corp cuts me one for apparently getting the all the roundtables dumped on my editing desk, <laughs> since I stupidly volunteered to do that once, uh, well, Scott, you know, I'll, I'll sign it over to you. <laughs> I, for one, enjoyed my ass kissing and look forward to more in the future. Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> well, as much of a fan as I am, and and had to get up a, a little earlier than my usual waking time for this uh i don't know if I, i'm that big of a firefly fan to to do this this schedule too often so no further ass kissings i'm here you can't stop me now but the begging is over <laughs> we left off our last episode was out of gas and it feels like the show's kind of really hit its stride so you know with it being on such a run of quality that fox is ready to, to, to exit at any moment now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, much like uh, uh, other, you know, space above and beyond. <laughs> that, You've got to let is... that go, Bill. You did it on a cliffhanger, man. <laughs> it God. was 20 years ago. <laughs> to me, it was yesterday. <laughs> I'm still wondering. They all blew up on that shuttle, man. Did so just assume they died? And Never so found yeah, out who Chiggy Von Richter was. That's the end. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, really. There's no, there's nobody hanging on that cliff, man. Yeah. But that that is really like the one bummer to this, especially you know, with my situation of watching these things fresh, knowing that there's so little left. As we hit quality, it's it's just kind of melancholy watching it, knowing that you know, there's not more to come. Well, maybe let me jump in here real quick and just give you my little history with the show. And I did it kind of, I actually saw Serenity first before I even was aware that Firefly existed. And I'm not sure how that happened, except that I saw, you know, this hey, new sci-fi movie out and read a couple good reviews on it and, and went to see it and, you know, was a little confused at what the hell was going on, but I enjoyed it greatly and found out there was a TV show and been like, whoa, all right, there's more of this. Cool. And where's the rest of it? Wait, <laughs> there's only 14. Hey, that's not right. I love this thing. So, um, yeah, and been a fan ever since. So you see, I mean, in its own way, you had a similar experience to me as you were yeah. watching, knowing how finite it was. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those, we know the situation well, it's almost, I don't know if you're feeling it yet, Paul, that you almost wish you hadn't discovered it, because there's so little of it. <laughs> well, I, you know, I can honestly say I've had access to this for quite some time, and I've continually passed over it and 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 looked at it and said, oh, you know, i got to watch this at some point. So I'm thankful to Andy and actually to Sean, who both yeah. conceived of this show and 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 set you know suggested that we do this so i'm I'm thankful that they finally gotten me to it well despite uh, the melancholy as long as you're actually enjoying it and we're not making you sit through 13 episodes of torture oh no not even close i i'm really enjoying it and i feel like like i said i, I keep i kept passing over it and saying i have to watch that one day so i feel like i'm accomplishing uh, some sort of task that i had set for myself despite you know the fact that Watching a TV show really shouldn't be something on your to-do list. It should just be something you do for fun. Yeah. So anyway, Ariel, should I just jump right into the? Uh... Yeah, unless we've any Firefly news. Well, well I, I heard they're talking about reviving it. <laughs> yeah, and there's a video game coming out eventually too for the last three years. Well, we've got yeah. room for it now. Castle's been cancelled. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say that was some news that Castle's gone. Oh. And maybe I'll start watching that at some point because I've never seen an episode. Mm. Plenty of that, isn't that? Didn't they get up to like eight, eight seasons, seasons or something? Seasons. Wow, crazy! Yeah, so it's which tells you how long ago this was canceled. Yeah. You talk about you talk about a uh, space above and beyond, and say, "Oh, Bill, that was twenty years ago. This was twelve years ago." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's not like this was yesterday. It seems like yesterday. Uh, this is episode season one, season only, episode nine, Ariel. <laughs> Directed by Alan Croker, written by Jose Molina. This was originally aired on November 15th, 2002. The episode opens as Serenity heads to Ariel, a central world of the Union of Allied Planets, as Inara is due for her annual companion physical exam and license renewal. Oh I'm man, glad, I, I, I will I, gladly I, conduct I, that exam. I want that job. Following an incident in which River attacks Jane, he demands that she and Simon be left on Ariel. Mal quashes any talk of leaving people behind, but privately warns Simon that River has to be kept under control. Simon acknowledges that his sister is getting worse, and Mal's rarely expressed sympathy for Simon's hopeless situation is obvious. Simon approaches the crew with a job. 
He wants to get into the hospital in Ariel's capital city in order to scan River's brain with an advanced piece of medical equipment, and he needs the crew to get him inside. As payment, the crew will be able to steal valuable medical supplies that they will be able to sell for a lot of money. Simon plans to drug himself and River so they appear dead, allowing the crew to enter Ariel City Hospital using a scrapped medical shuttle they've refurbished and fake EMT IDs. The group would then split up with Jane guarding Simon as he analyzes River's condition, whilst Mal and Zoe steal drugs from the hospital. The scheme starts off as planned and the team are admitted and Mal and Zoe head off to steal the drugs. Whilst waiting for River and Simon to wake up, Jane makes a call to an Alliance officer who agrees to pay a reward for Simon and River. Once awakened, Simon dresses as a doctor and takes River to the diagnostic ward with Jane. There, Simon discovers that River's brain has been surgically operated on many times, disabling her ability to suppress emotions. With the analysis complete, Jane leads them to a rear entrance where they are stopped by federal marshals who arrest them. Jane learns that the Alliance officer plans to arrest him for aiding and abetting the fugitive siblings, keeping the reward money for himself. Meanwhile, Mal and Zoe return to the medical shuttle with the loot, but realize that Jane and the Tams are late, so head back into the hospital to find them. The three prisoners are moved to a holding area where Jane and Simon overpower their escorts and escape. Shortly afterwards, two blue-gloved men arrive to take custody of the Tams, using a mysterious sonic device to kill all the marshals. Meanwhile, a terrified river leads Jane and Simon to a locked door, which is opened from the other side by Mal and Zoe, and the group escapes. Inara returns to Serenity just as the medical shuttle arrives. Once everyone else has left the cargo area, Mal knocks Jane out. Jane awakens to find himself in an open airlock as the ship begins to leave the atmosphere. Jane eventually confesses that he betrayed Simon and River, and Mal tells him that doing so was the same as betraying him. As Mal turns to leave, Jane asks him not to tell his shipmates about the betrayal. Sensing repentance, Mal closes the outer door, sparing Jane's life. I thought this was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was just... I'm, I'm not going to try and find it. I thought this was great. I was riveted during this episode. When the when the marshals came to arrest them and it goes to a commercial, I was so happy that I didn't have commercials there. <laughs> right, this, yeah. This really, you know, the, the episode, I feel like it's turning some conventional plot points on their ear. Because uh, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, okay, you know, yeah, Jane is saying he's going to betray them, but he's probably got some scheme in mind where he's going to, you know, get the reward money and then turn around and betray the marshals and, and leave with the Tams and the money. But no, he was going to betray them, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, and, th and then the end scene, you know, I was very confident Mal wasn't going to kill him just for the narrative. But from a character point of view, I think he was ready to kill him. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not doing all the it's not hitting all the, the marks that you would on just a standard uh you know weekly drama they're, they're showing different different personalities different points of view uh and and they're just doing everything somewhat unconventionally and i'm loving it the acting is great the writing is is really good and this and as i said the stories aren't going by the numbers so 
you know, just to go back to what we were talking about, how stupid was Fox? How how could they not see what they had? Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's it's probably quite easy for us to look at it now and go, this was absolute genius. What were you playing at? But if you look at the TV landscape of, of when this heard, there was nothing else like this on television. I don't. I still think there's nothing like this on television. Well, I, mean, I think the unconventionality of it was probably a lot of its downfall, and that it's it is an acquired taste still, and it, it takes paying attention. It's not an easy sit back, turn off your brain show, and Absolutely. and wasn't from the get go. So I mean, yeah. I can see why. Because when it first came out, I, I on TV, I, I remember it coming out on television, and I think I saw some promos, and for me to for some reason, turned down a science fiction show, it must have just been like, wow, that looks even too weird for me. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't even know why I passed on it the first time around. just wasn't marketed very well. I said, if you can't sell me a spaceship show, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> now, I don't I don't remember what year it was, but when 24 first came out, mm-hmm. the first season of that was kind of a little bit of a washout. It wasn't a huge hit that they were hoping for. And... That was before the days of, of you know, really free on-demand programming, and yeah. it was before DVRs. And I remember on my cable system, they offered the entire first season free on-demand, which was, you know, as I said, it wasn't something that was normally being done at that time. Mm-hmm. And somehow that got me to watch the first episode. And once, once I watched the first episode, I was totally hooked, and I watched the entire 24-episode season in, like, three days. And... And I watched the series until its conclusion. So I think this show needed something like that. They needed something just to catch the eye of people to say, hey, this is we're doing something different here. You may want to watch this. And here we're going to make it easily accessible for you. I think I think Firefly would do a lot better today um, as far as there's so much they could have done with viral marketing that that wasn't really as much the norm back in 2002. You know, they could have had all the websites explaining the alliance and, and, and the war and all this stuff that could have got people a little more jazzed about the mythology earlier on. Um, yeah, because the first thing I remember really doing viral marketing was um, the Steven Spielberg AI movie that mm-hmm. had like a mystery and sites you could go to on on the Internet. Uh, I don't exactly remember what year that came out, but yeah, that 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 would have been cool. And stuff like Clover, you know, King of the Mystery Box, JJ there with, you know, his little slusho tie-ins and Cloverfield and stuff like that. But. Even what was available to them back then, I'm putting it on the marketing because if they had not canceled it, if they just went for, you know, the 14-episode series uh, season and said, you know, we're going to be back next year, we're going to even delay it a little bit, we're going to go for January, yeah. but we're going to make a point of really marketing this in the off-season to get you to watch this first season because we know once you watch it, you're going to be hooked, and we're going to start getting, you know, a really huge following on this show. Because because they should have had confidence in their product, which was their biggest mistake. And then the second biggest mistake was because they didn't have confidence in their product, they didn't market it correctly. I don't think confidence in your product is is necessarily a prerequisite for getting a show on the air. I think the history of television will support that. Conclusion. Well, no, I, th- I think they needed confidence that this show, confidence in the product, to the point where they needed to believe that it it would find an audience if they marketed it correctly. They needed that confidence. Yeah, because they don't give a shit about the product; they just give a shit about the you know the bottom line. But I, I just look at the vast landscape of really just 
who thought this show is a good idea that gets on the air and is usually canceled like within six episodes. You know, there are shows that did even worse than Firefly out there. Um, Especially a show like this that was probably kind of expensive to produce. Yeah, yeah. yeah but so once they had all the sets made and everything, you would think, you know, okay, now we've, we've already invested this much in it. Let's, uh, you know, let's try and actually make it into a hit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it couldn't... It didn't have to be too expensive because they, the I mean, they've got all the quote unquote, you know, the, the rugged, western looking planets. So yeah, yeah. all they had to do is filming film out in the desert. Although, as uh, we may discuss next episode, make sure no cars are driving by in the distance. <laughs> um, I think it, it comes down to it's like Paul said they didn't want the show. They didn't want the show that Joss wanted to make, so they re- they scrapped the pilot. Not beginning with the pilot episode was the first mistake, and I don't think they made any serious attempt to redress that error as it went on. I mean, we're going to see when we get to an episode coming up called Heart of Glory, where the notes from the, 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 the network was basically, please stop doing a Western, at which point Joss is throwing his hands up going, well, what did you buy? So yeah, I, have we not noticed where we've been filming things? Yeah, yeah so it's like... The, it's, and the horses and cows and... <laughs> there was there's no confidence in the show, but I don't think they wanted the show. So they probably didn't feel the need to put any promotion into it because they didn't want the show to succeed because they didn't want to be making it. Well, I'm sure you guys have covered that probably same topic in almost every show so far, so I, I don't <laughs> want to keep going on that. I do want to kind of gush about this episode a little myself and why it's one of my favorites is... I just, it's such a great bringing, you know, Simon Tam into the crew finally, you know, officially. And obviously Mal's um, actions at the end, you know, if you didn't consider Simon a part of the crew, Mal would be there with his handout taking the reward money too. But we've finally seen that he's brought him into the family to a certain extent. Um, You know, and thus the, uh, you screw over one of my crew, you screw over me at the end. so I just thought that was great, and the whole plan, and it just had such a, a dynamic plot, and 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 just showed you know that uh, how smart you know we we've heard how smart Simon Tam is, but we get to see it a little more in practice in this one, um, with him planning the heist and and even you know his quick rescue of of a a patient and scolding a doctor you know that has made a mistake. And, we also hospital. got to see how, how naive he is at the end when he's crediting Jane for their rescue. Right, yeah. That he and didn't and, and that, that had a little, uh, little bit of a feel of Janestown when he got credit for something he didn't do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite bit about that scene is watch Fillion. It's Fillion's performance in that bit that's the genius bit. He knows instantly yeah, what yeah. went on. And he's playing that throughout the entire scene, if you watch him. And the way that he just completely diverts attention from what he's really going to do, and the way he gets everyone else out of the hangar bear without actually making it obvious that that's what he's doing, is brilliant. Yeah, I agree. I love uh, that the opening scenes also very good, where River casually just slices his shirt. And we all think he's just a, she's just attacking Jane because Jane's a big dumb lug. But look at the logo on his T-shirt. Oh, his big... Uh, what was the logo? It's the Blue Sun, Sun Corporation. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't think I ever noticed that. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, I, I did not notice that. I didn't know why she attacked him. And and I was kind of treating it as he looks better in red, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was just treating it as as she's got obviously these uh, insightful thoughts that we don't quite understand, and that they'll, they'll come to become clear as time goes on. But I thought that was a mystery that we weren't going to get for a while, or maybe not get at all, because of the cancellation of the show. But now you've actually made it clear they 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 had a subtlety in there that was too subtle for my uh, big oafish brain. No, I don't think they ever really got to really explain it in the show. So if we had got to the episode where that's all tied together, you probably would have gone back and watched this one and gone, ah, oh, right, that's why she sliced yeah. him. See, I've watched I this a number of times. Things. So, But yeah, on first view, it just looks like she's she's a big old massive crazy. And then <laughs> as when you go back and pick up on all these things that we've, we have discussed this before, that each character did have a story arc. Like Inara's... Inara going off to be examined, she plays that off as being something all companions have to do. We know Inara's got uh, an illness. She's going to die. But we only know that now because the show's been cancelled, so the writers have told us. Yeah. Mm. She's going to die? Yeah. Yeah, Spoiler, man. (laughs) She was going to die later, but they never got to it. Yeah, it's come out that it was going to be a second second season thing. Uh, Which, you know, it's... In hindsight, it's almost you almost have to be glad we didn't get there. But <laughs> well, and you don't, you don't know if they would have gotten to that being the storyline and eventually come up with the miracle cure, which would have been a little bit. <laughs> Joss Whedon, I don't think yeah. that would have been a miracle cure. <laughs> that would that would have been a little bit by the numbers. So I I don't know that they would have done that. But no, no, knowing Whedon, they would have got together. They'd have had a couple of episodes of blissful happiness, and then she'd have yeah. died. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe not even of the disease. It would have been a reaver raid or something that took her out. <laughs> much like, much like Wesley and um, and um, oh, Angel. Yeah, yeah. With um, what's her name? Oh, I, oh. Uh, spoilers. Some of us actually inside, have not watched it. like that. That is why you're on the show, Bill. <laughs> yeah. When she sings, and then Lawrence, you know, and, and he looks. Oh God, it was. So- What's his la, name? La 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 la. I haven't seen Angel. La la la. La la la. la. Ah, you won't. La, la, never gonna see Angel. La, la, you la. won't remember this by the time it's. It's like in the last season. So. <laughs> oh, I already know Fred's dead thanks to my girlfriend. But... Well, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> but she. But she doesn't die technically. I don't even know who the fuck Fred is yet. But. <laughs> Fred doesn't die. She changes. We'll say. Okay. Into Fred something. is she. Yeah. She's... <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. Winnie Fred. <laughs> and she's cute too. Oh, I loved Fred. She's good in person of interest. Yeah, but that do, Bill. She was also an agent of Shield. She was Coulson's uh, love interest. Oh yeah, she's the cellist. Oh, right. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Same, same actress. Wasn't she in Dollhouse? Although I haven't seen all. Yes, of Dollhouse. she's in Dollhouse. She's in Cabin in the Woods, and she's also in Alias. She's in the last couple of seasons of Alias. Oh, that's right. Doesn't she? Isn't she like a counterpart to uh, Bristow? Yeah, she's like another agent. On the other side. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. We're bringing up all these memories of these long-dead television shows. Yes. Speaking of a long-dead television show. Oh, and I looked up. Wait, Space Above and Beyond premiered <laughs> on my wedding, my one-year wedding anniversary, September 24th, 1995. 1995. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, that's Bill. So that's specifically that's, how that's, you remember your anniversary, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Does it matter? Does it matter, man? No. <laughs> I love the Mission Impossible style plot is brilliant. 
Yeah. The yeah. scene where they're rehearsing what they have to say is absolutely <laughs> oh. genius. Did you pause it to see what their alias names were? No, I did not. Right. They've all got badges for St. Lucy's Medical Center. Uh, Wash is Beaumont's cleavage. <laughs> no way. <laughs> ah, see, these these are the details I never catch. Adam Adam Baldwin's um, Jane is Kiki LaRue. <laughs> Joe, Zoe is Cucumamota. So I don't know what her first name is. And Captain Reynolds was Miles Arix Owen. <laughs> I think they've got to get credits for Kiki LaRue. Yeah, yeah. That's... And Colin Jane Kiki LaRue is absolutely <laughs> And the, the, you, Paul's absolutely right. This episode is is wonderfully written and structured. And it just it just builds on itself all the way through. I do wonder, do you think Book was written out of it because he wouldn't have had anything to do with this? I don't know that he wouldn't have had anything to do with this. I don't know if he would have added anything to the show that wouldn't have taken time and taken it beyond its 44 minutes or so that they had to work with. Hmm. I think he would, you know, he might, you might have had been able to put him in there for an interesting bit, but I don't know if, I don't I, think it would have changed the overall episode. So I think he was kind of unnecessary to it. I wonder well, if that might have been another thing, just because I kind of, and we'll see more about his character next episode that kind of fills him in or makes you go, hmm. Well, and addresses his morality though too. I was just going to say it's it's almost like the scene that would have been in Ariel. Um, saying, oh, you know, preachers, the Bible says something about stealing. They kind of just kind of punted it until the next episode, you know, and related it to killing. So we kind of got the, uh, I think at that point, though, we know where, you know, Shepherd Book would, would stand on. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's pretty devout, but he's obviously also knows how to bend his own rules <laughs> when it serves the crew. There was only one thing <clears throat> early on that... It's I mean, it was just a just a nitpick, in the first in the beginning of this episode when they're talking in the hangar there or like the hold, there was something with the camera angles the way they kept like spinning the camera from person to person. I started to get nauseous. I'm like, why do they keep doing these weird, like, like it just wasn't like a natural flowing cut or like a pulled back shot. It's like these tight views on everybody. And then the camera just literally whips over to the next person and started as soon as they start to talk. And then the next, I, I don't know if I noticed that before, or did you guys pick up on that? Was it just something I saw. You know, when was this when they came back from the, uh, no, it was right in the, it's, I, I I think it was like just before she, um, sliced his shirt open. I'm wondering if we were maybe trying to see things from from River's point of view at that point. That you know, the mm. conf- just to kind of yeah, it just, I, display it, the confusion. It was, in her it, brain. was it was it was only that 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 one shot, and then I never noticed it for the rest of the of and, and I hadn't really noticed anything like that really um, on the previous ones. Although it could have just been me, you know. I I, I could say that you know for me. Probably the the only negative I can come up with, with for the fact that I'm watching these for the first time is I tend to to get enthralled in the story very quickly. And there's things like, you know, directorial choices that I don't notice as much since it's my first viewing. If it was my second or third, I'm sure I would be taking paying more attention to that. But I'm 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 really watching this as the newbie fan and not so much as the critic 
And I'm relying on you guys to give me the critical analysis. I don't know if I've ever watched it critically now because I've literally seen this episode dozens of times probably at this point. And I think like the name tags, I never even noticed it. And I just little details like that. So I guess that's why I I love this show so much because it can. It just rips me and takes me along. And I, I don't even have time to criticize it in my own brain while I'm watching it. So <laughs> I may have overlooked something like the name tags, but like when we do DS9, I've seen every episode of that show. Yeah. So when I watch it for this, you know, well, not for this show, but for Listen to the Prophets, I, uh, you know, I do try to have a little bit more of a critical eye as I'm watching it. I don't necessarily notice every little detail because I am still, watch, you know, watching the show for some enjoyment, but I am trying to take in the bigger picture and look at some of the directorial choices or the acting choices or whatever. On this one, I'm trying to follow the story right now, and I'm, I'm getting enthralled in that, and I think it takes me away from being as conscious of the directorial or acting choices. Mm-hmm. Speaking of acting, I, I mean, Summer Glau was so young when she, and this was like literally her first acting gig, if I'm not mistaken. I know she was a dancer before this, right? Or did she do anything? She was in Angel, but she was in Angel as okay. a ballet dancer, so... I don't know whether you would really call it acting. Right. Um, but I just, I don't think it can be stated enough, uh, the performance that she put on in this episode and and just her performance in general of her condition. And I've always, I've kind of always wanted to say this on a podcast that I do have some experience in like mental health diagnosis and, you know, stuff like that and treatment um, and you know, having plenty of my own as well. Um, but just her portrayal of like schizophrenic symptoms throughout this whole series is exemplary. It's just, it just, you can't really praise it enough. I, I agree with you totally. Cause I think yeah. from an acting point of view, it's real easy to over emote in that situation yeah, and, and just play it too much. Quickly. And yeah, I, I think the most common example of that is when, when people do a bad job of playing a drunk person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You end up with Otis from uh, the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, Foster, or Foster Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with Foster Brooks? <laughs> I thought he overplayed it just a touch. Uh, 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 a couple relatives that could be Foster Brooks. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we should talk a little bit about the, uh, the men in blue. Yes. Um, I, I don't know what we're going to see of them I in the do. future, but they were creepy, man. I'll tell you what, though, man. If I owned one of those little gadgets, a lot of my life's problems would have gone a lot smoother. Uh, so <laughs> Until I know. They you away for life. Well, you know, who's who's going to be left to take me away with one of those things in your possession? <laughs> <laughs> Just put in your special earplugs or whatever they must be using. Maybe it's the gloves themselves that protects them from the sonic whatever the hell that was. But uh, yeah, effective little horrible weapon. Not not only were they creepy in and of themselves, but they deepened the mystery of River. Yeah. Why why is it that somebody who even spoke to her has to be eliminated? And what a stark contrast to the uh, the hilariously ineffective at shooting doors, you know, weapons of the Alliance proper too. Um. That was perfect. Just I'm glad you brought that up. That was perfect because I was looking at that weapon in Jane's hands and I was thinking we've talked in the past on the show which you wouldn't have heard about the the melding of uh, the western civilization and modern 
technology right. and, uh, yeah. and how how you don't you know a lot of these episodes you see these towns and they have so little of the modern technology and it, it's you know you, you have to try and figure out well why wouldn't they have this why wouldn't they have that and i'm thinking oh wow jane's got this advanced gun now that he's going to take back with him and maybe this is going to be something he's going to use in the future yeah no no, no no it's a piece of shit <laughs> it was also it was great at illustrating why some people might still want you know good old-fashioned gunpowder and lead weapons you know Mm -hmm. for just such an occasion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I, just another thing worth bringing up is I, I like the whole, you know, Andy talked about them planning the job, just kind of the whole Ocean's Eleven aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, totally. I, I always get a kick out of a good, uh, you know, a good, a good heist, a good yeah. heist yeah, thing. And, and, and they, they managed to, to include that, but not make the episode a heist episode. Yeah. You know, that, that wasn't what it was all about. It wasn't all about executing the plan. In fact, the plan came off kind of easily <laughs> to the point where Jane couldn't even use his line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <that laughs> comic moments. Yeah. Yeah, they just waved him right in, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, just got out to the morgue. Yeah, we tried to use the... <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd practiced it. He was damn well going to use it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I thought that was a great little uh, lighthearted moment before it got intense. And then, you know, again, they, they, they ramped up the mystery. You know, what were they doing that they were conducting all these surgeries on her brain, other than the fact that they eliminated her ability to suppress emotion? Obviously, there's something more going on than just that. Because that, that wouldn't be kill everybody who came into contact with her material. Mm. Right. So there's, there's something else going on there. And, you know, I don't know how much you guys do or don't know. I don't know how much of it gets resolved between the rest of the series and the movie. But it's certainly something that, should have people saying, hmm, I want to see more of this and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, to, I think this goes back to, to what you're on about today. On Netflix, you can watch them all back to back and, and get what the building story is. Whereas in 2002, I don't think people were really were really ready for it at this that mm -hmm. point, which is a shame. I got to see what year to, uh, 24 came on because... 2001. Again, Okay, so so this is they could have done the same thing with this that they did with that because you know as I was saying they did that between the first and second season of twenty four so that would have been before this was on they could have easily said you know what we we realize and it would take this insight we realize we have a hell of a product here and it's just a matter of, of it finding its audience because once it finds its audience this thing is going to grow and grow and grow I, I think. It doesn't take a genius to, to see this and figure that out, to be honest with you. Yeah, they, they could have had their own Stargate franchise here. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think it could have been bigger than Stargate. I really do. Mm -hmm. But I think they needed to see what they had and say, okay, how are we going to market this so that it's going to go Did Stargate over? have a major motion picture made out of it? I don't remember. Wait. Stargate no, started. Yeah, from yeah. I, I know. I'm just oh, being okay. an idiot. <laughs> But when they did the show, they kind of changed the mythology. Well, they just yeah. didn't. Yeah. But but they already knew that they had some built-in audience from fans of the movie. Right. Even though they were changing it somewhat. I mean, that that was more the old model, you know, when you had the Planet of the Apes TV show. Or would you downgrade from Kurt Russell to MacGyver? Yeah. A. I was liked. MacGyver? Anybody <laughs> who can make a, an atom bomb out of a paper clip is, was welcome in my show. Just not in my house. <laughs> well, yeah. or, or by my desk put that down <laughs> so what, what else we got on this thing to talk uh, about I think that the last scene is absolutely brilliant where Mal yeah. throws him in the airlock mm -hmm. what, what do you think in particular gave Jane away to Mal 
Oh, just, having seen this several times, maybe you saw a particular. I think freak. it's he's, it's obvious to Mal something's gone wrong from the get go, and yeah, because he's he obviously says, yeah. Where are they? They should have been here. They by should now. have been here, yeah. and Jane would have sent up a flur if there yeah. was a problem because Jane's very big on self-preservation. The fact that Jane didn't do that instantly made Mal start thinking something's going on. And I think he just knows Jane well enough that he was able to spot all the signs because it is all in the acting as well. Adam Baldwin's yeah. very sheepish and he's very, you know, he's not being bolshy Jane like he normally is. And Simon gushing all over him. And mm-hmm. Mal's, Mal's clever yeah. enough, as we've seen from all the previous episodes, to know what happened. Mal's always thinking four steps ahead because he's an extremely good military leader and tactician, even though he lost yeah. the war that he was fighting in. And I think he knows from the minute that they come back on the ship that whatever it was that went wrong, Jane was something to do with it. Well, I think there's a degree, I agree with you, Andrew, and I think there's a degree that I think Jane, I think Jane is pretty good at his job, you mm. know, or, or Mal wouldn't keep him around because he obviously has his personality issues with him on a regular basis. Um but so he knows that if there's a deviation in the plan, something is amiss because Jane's usually on point. I think. So. Well, would that that may be one of the weaknesses here? Uh, would Jane have been smarter than that? No. Wouldn't he? He wouldn't have seen. Okay, I'm I'm making this deal. Let me hold back and not give them whatever information or not, you know, no, because make sure I get the money in my hands first kind of thing. No, no because I don't think he realizes, I don't think he has a grasp on how big it is that, you know, the, how badly the Alliance well, no, not wants just, to. Well, neither did the guy who we made the deal with. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, not just that. It's just that it's Jane's character because we saw mm, an out of gas that, yeah. you know, that's, that's in his character. He, you know, he, um, he betrayed his last boss because he figured out he could get a better deal here yeah. uh, um, with with Mal. And he, he, you know, I don't know if it was last episode or, or, you know, when he talks about, you know, what 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 happens when you get a better price, you know, and you betray me. And, then and, you know, they say, well, that'll be an interesting day. Well, the interesting day came here. Well, I got to think um, he was still nursing a fairly large gash in his chest as well. So. I think that had to be playing on his decision-making mm. I think abilities that at that decision point, too. To betray them. Yeah. That he, he doesn't consider them part of the crew. He doesn't consider them in any way, you know, people who he needs to protect. So, I think he's genuinely scared that River is going to take him out, though, eventually. Because, uh, you know, he obviously has a very fun time, you know, bashing her brother on a, on a regular basis. And... Um, you know how many people get the drop on on Jane Cobb like that that they can just walk up to him and and slice his chest open, so yeah, I think it freaked him out. But I also think where it's like if Mal isn't going to deal with this, I am, and let the chips fall. But I think Jane also thought he was doing them a favor. <clears throat> yeah, totally. I think he thought getting rid of the Tams would be better for the ship. Yeah, and that no, ultimately they see that. I don't question his motivation in betraying them i question whether he would have been smarter about the manner in which he did it so I, that, see, so I, that I, know, I he, he would, like i yeah. said had money in pocket before he presented them somehow mm. no i don't i don't think so i think jane's smarts come from a completely different place than that i think every time we've seen jane 
try to come up with a plan. That's just not where his strengths lie. And I don't, I don't think he's thought this through. He's thought, I can get money for betraying the Tams. And that's as far as he's gone. And, and I think he's also used to, I mean, he's used to, well, now with, see, he's the one always criticizing Mal as far as, you know, Mal's plans never go well. And, uh, you know, it's almost like, you know, Jane would, always feels like he would do things better, but, you know, that clearly wouldn't. obviously, no, no, no. <laughs> The evidence is there that that's not the case, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, the last scene, I mean, that was some great acting between both of them and, and just the, you know, you were saying, Paul, why he, you know, whether he would have killed him or not. And then if Jane hadn't, you know, shown that one sliver of remorse, I think he would have. I think he was going out that airlock. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did get that sense. Like, yeah. you know, I thought, again, from the show point of view that wasn't going to happen that somehow he was going to have to survive this but from a narrative character point of view that mal was absolutely willing to just let him go at that point mm. i i don't know if it was more remorse or shame well that, yeah shame. that that, that I mean. he you know that they would feel less of him and and he was you know that's that was his that was his concern you know, well, I think he, he genuinely didn't feel like Mal felt like they were, you know, uh, as I think Andrew said that I, I think if he had scored the big reward, he probably would have gone back and be like, hey, guys, look what I got. <laughs> and yeah. those guys are gone, you know. Mm. Yeah, um, that wouldn't have gone well either. <laughs> no, but I think he's kind of just in the zone enough that, you know, he, he knows that Mal agrees with him, that most of the ship agrees with him, that these guys have been nothing but trouble since they picked him up, you know. But, and if anything, Jane's just in the mindset of, like, let's find the most convenient opportunity to deal with this issue and get back with our lives, you know. We got to see a little, just just uh, a little character development, I think, on Simon. And now we, we see just how dedicated to being a doctor he is mm-hmm. or to preserving life when, when they're when they're when they're sneaking through the hospital and everything's going well and he sees uh, a patient starting to code and and he realizes that the doctor that is um, servicing the patient has given him something that he shouldn't have and he criticizes him, he brings the guy back, you know, gives him t- a a dressing down right in front of everybody and, and you know, they could potentially blow his cover right there but you know he makes that decision hippocratic oath mm-hmm. well also it probably aided a little bit in keeping his cover of nothing he probably looked like this you know top doctor that was just strolling by and, and jumped in to save the day they should have had a scene where they went by later and they said uh doctor gave me a pill and i grew a new kidney <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> alvin is in the house hello alvin He's being fed his dinner or breakfast. Is that, part of, is that like part of your leg or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, what you call it, Black Panther in, in Marvel Zombies? <laughs> yeah. I, I think we've pretty much exhausted the, uh, the topics on this one, unless anybody's got anything else to go over. Um. Just like a little trivia was the um, the EMS vehicle was a modified version of a Russian Air Force um, M24 Hind attack helicopter, 
Uh, the it says the main rotor was removed. However, the short wings and twin bubble canopy remain intact. Oh, that is something I wanted to talk about as far as this episode. Thanks for reminding me, Bill, because it had escaped my brain apparently. But um, <laughs> that scene itself almost it's like shouldn't what the hell is the Kaylee and and Wash doing on this wreck? You know, freighter ship. You know, doing these little crime jobs. They should be like major engineers or something. They basically built the spaceship <laughs> out of a junkyard, and you know, in a matter of minutes, apparently. You know, by the look of how quick the the, the episode went. But yeah, it was just like you guys can just throw a ship together like that. And it also begs the question: What happened? I mean, we got to assume that they sold the ship immediately after this episode or something, because we never see it again. But it looked like something they could have kept around and kept using. <laughs> yeah, they, it, it would be a fully been functional been... shuttle that they didn't have before. Apparently, the the model that they used has been uh, purchased by fans to bring to Firefly shows. Really? Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if, if it's made the circuit yet, but according to Wikipedia, it. it that's what uh, where it currently exists. Yeah, apparently but, I mean, was... it was at Worldcon '64 in 2006 where Tim Miney assigned it. Right. So it was at a con. Did you notice in that bit that Wash picks up a compression coil, looks at it, and tosses it over his shoulder? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is no good now. Yeah, it was a nice little insight into you know how good they both are at their at their craft, though. You know, the ultimate scavengers and MacGyvers themselves. Mm. Um, yeah, was, we, didn't, was, we, didn't, we didn't get to see a lot of that from Wash throughout the series. You know, Kaylee was the mechanic, but but Wash was right in there. And the, yeah, uh, Wash the clearly knows what brother. he's doing, doesn't he? Well, well. Uh, there's also a minor continuity goof in this one. Uh, right at the end, Jane gets his his hands tied, handcuffed behind his back, but when he gets shot, they're in front of him. Oh, I didn't notice that. They all clearly get handcuffed when they get arrested. Mm-hmm. But that's it. When when you're picking fools like that, yeah. in it. <laughs> Yeah. That's all we've got. <laughs> well, they're, so, they're, they're not holes. We're just... No, they did nitpicks is what yeah. they are. Yeah. yeah. What is the scale you guys use? Uh, dinosaurs? So I can give uh, it a... I, 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 well... We make well, different ones every, every week. Yeah. <laughs> Today it'll probably be blue hands. No, I like, I like the wash dinosaur scale myself. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to give my... my I, basically, I'm going to come right out of the shoot and say it. I'm giving the maximum number of washed dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I'm giving this this episode a 5.0. The, the nitpicks we've hit upon are so, so minor yeah. that I, I, I don't think they affect it in the slightest. I think this was well-written, well-directed, well-acted. It, it builds on the, on the continuity of the show. It creates more curiosity as to where it's going. I think every aspect of this episode is top-notch and 5.0. Yeah, I'm going five as well. It's different from Out of Gas. I don't think it's as good an episode as Out of Gas, but as an entertaining episode, it's a five. Yeah, I five five dinos. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I mean, aside from that little photography thing in the start that just kind of threw me off, the rest of it was very very enjoyable. And uh, yep, yep, I'm going to give it a five. I'll go 4.9 dinos just for that handcuff thing, man. They, they should be more diligent about those. <laughs> um, but a uh, great, great Simon Tam episode, the Tams in general, you know, great character development there. And um, just as I said, great, great little Ocean's Eleven 
Yeah, it was a good description uh, and hilarious and very funny, funny stuff in this and some good drama too, as most episodes of Firefly delivers to us. So, yep. All right, and that's Ariel. You come back with us in two weeks, and we're gonna. What are we gonna do, Andy? Next time on an all-new episode of Keep Em Flying, let's get round the campfire and tell some war stories. Mm. All right, everybody, something to look forward to. See you next time. Goodbye. I know. See ya. Keep Em Flying, a Firefly podcast, is a Two True Freaks presentation and is hosted by Shepard Bill Robinson, Paul Spataro, and Andrew Leyland. All the music and sound clips used in the show is copyright Fox Broadcasting and is available to buy on the Firefly soundtrack by Greg Edmonds. If you like to buy that soundtrack, maybe you could do it through the Amazon link that is on the 2TrueFreaks.com website. It costs you nothing extra, but throws a few pennies in our tip jar, which helps us to continue to produce content like this. Every episode of Keep Flying is dedicated to the memory of our pal, Sean Engel. And remember, find a ship, find a crew, keep flying.